0: plot twists, we're obsessed with them. In film, life, and love, they turn up everywhere.
1: It's that defining moment when a story, any story, takes you in an unexpected direction.
0: I'm Tom, superhero buff and comedy lover.
1: And I'm Fran, reality TV obsessive and true crime enthusiast, and we're from NOW TV.
0: And throughout this series, we're going to be interviewing TV and film stars, asking them all about their favorite plot twists both on and off screen.
1: So expect the unexpected and hopefully some behind-the-scenes nuggets that you've never heard before.
0: Contains spoilers. Obviously. Fran, I didn't want to start off by doing this, but you've gone way, way too early with the Christmas decorations this year.
1: (laughs) It's actually really bad. I did a whole lot of Christmas decorations and just couldn't wait to put them up. So early November, it's mental. It was like Christmas had thrown up on my house. But why? You didn't need to do it that early. You went in early November. All I'm going to say, Tom, is you're lucky that you weren't allowed round to the house because otherwise you'd have had a Christmas bow on that head.
0: <laughs> uh, it might be an improvement. Who knows? But um, you've sent you sent me pictures. You've got. Some sort of foliage making its way up the stairs. Albus is, bless him, the little cat is covered in in festive wear. A Christmas bow tie, to be exact. Oh No, I feel sorry for the little fella.
1: The only thing I will Mm. take the hit on is I do think that the neighbours aren't particularly happy about the flashing glowing lights on the back doors because it is a bit like an airport runway. You don't
0: need it on a back door. You don't need (laughs) any festive... Tom, this year,
1: I needed it. And I I do have to say, though, thank you for giving me the best Christmas gift of all with this week's guest.
0: Well, this is true, Fran. And whilst I wholeheartedly disapprove with your decision to go so early with the Christmas decorations, um, I'm not a complete Scrooge. Thank you very much.
1: Thank God. Uh, And
0: we all know that Christmas is about love and about sharing special moments. So uh, we're going to throw it back to one of our favourite Christmas classics this week and talk about all things Love Actually with Marty McCutcheon.
1: So Love Actually, of course, is at its heart all about love. And we are all so invested in the characters and all of the big moments of will they, won't they, should they, shouldn't they. And in my opinion, some very debatable kisses that have had us Mm. talking and loving it for years and years. And weirdly, a year ago, when we were dreaming up what would be the Plot Twist podcast, we actually landed at one of the Love Actually storylines and got into that very debate.
0: So here's a snippet.
1: He's like, my heart like, will love you until you look like this, whatever. Yeah. And then she runs off and she like grabs his face and kisses him on the lips.
0: But how long is the kiss? What,
1: like, irrelevant. It's not a peck.
0: Yeah, but was it like a... It's where
1: like one, two, done.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. That's on fine. the lips. Yeah, he just confessed his love for her. Yeah, but she's, seen, she's married to the, the best friend. I know, but, you know, you've got to... No, nah. no, nah. 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 Well, clearly, Fran, we, we, we didn't reach a conclusion there, did we? So. Uh, yeah, we never quite on that one out. Gonna, no, we didn't. So we're going to settle it with Martine once and for all, and that'll be the end of it.
1: Agreed. But I think we should just mention that obviously Martine first hit our screens when she was playing Tiffany Mitchell in EastEnders. And I do think I'm still traumatised by when her character was killed off one New Year's Eve. Um, But of course, she is now most widely known for her role in Love Actually, where she plays Natalie.
0: And for those of you that don't know her storyline, I mean, firstly, where have you been hiding? What's been going on? But she is part of the staff in number 10 Downing Street, where she works and subsequently falls in love with the rather charming Prime Minister, played by one Hugh Grant.
1: She is so lucky. But look, she needs no further way of a formal introduction, but we're going to do it anyway. Um, So here she is, Marty McCutcheon, on Plot Twist.
0: Well, welcome to Plot Twist. This is so lovely to have you on. Oh, thank you. We heard about this. Oh, so excited. Thank you. We are so excited. Ah, we, we were saying before, uh, obviously you're here to talk about love, actually. Does that mean it's now officially the start of Christmas? Is this I is think it official? so.
2: I think so. I was saying that it's so funny because this time of year, kind of actually a few weeks ago, it starts where I'm walking along the high street or I'm, you know, coming out of the supermarket and even with the mask on, people are like... Oh, and I just know the film's been on. I just know the film's been on. I'm like, right. And I just have to be careful not to wear red because otherwise it just looks like I'm flirting with the red whole notion way too much. <laughs>
1: I do think it honestly does mark... The, we've got penciled in the weekend that we officially declare Christmas open and Love Actually is our film that we do that with. Oh. It's like, you know, when you cut the ribbon to open a supermarket, <laughs> it's like, and it's official. It's it can official.
2: Begin. And do you know what's so lovely? Is that I just think that... Um, It's a constant in everybody's life that people love and makes them Mm -hmm. feel all fuzzy. And I think this year, more than any other, we've really needed that. Um, So it's lovely to be part of something good and that has stood the test of time and that people need more than ever. And and something positive. I mean, my God, we need something positive.
0: We really do. Do, What what are you making? We're obviously mid-November. What about Christmas decorations? Are they up yet? Or Because Fran's gone early.
2: Well, yeah, the thing is, is I've got a Christmas EP that we did called Home for Christmas because we were literally home for Christmas. Um, My husband is a music producer and writer and we had Michael Bublé's musicians because they weren't working, coming in, Oh. Separately and recording, um, and so we had to get the Christmas decorations up early. So they're already partly up, and now we're doing some more because we're doing the shoot for the EP cover next week. So yeah, we're all gun ho. We're ready for it, Very like exciting. more than ever. We're bringing Christmas home to us early. I love a bit of booby. I'm
1: feeling you. Like most years, I'm the sort of person. I'm like until it's December. They're not going up. Yeah. This year, they're kind of like slowly creeping out. There's some fairy lights that have appeared. There's a bit of a decorative fireplace. And everyone's like, well, "What's going into you? It's a bit but early, fan.
0: If we're at bit. home,
1: I'm going to enjoy it as long as I can. Yeah,
2: I agree with you. And I mean, I'm, the thing is, as I'd be lying if I've only been like it this year, I am... Um... <laughs> And to my friends and family, I am the Christmas fairy, and um, <laughs> I'm camp with it. I'm cheesy with it, and I make no apology for it. I absolutely love Christmas. Um, it's just everything that I kind of love. Like I just love the kindness and the love and the thought that you have for people mm. you've lost and the people that you love, and and it's about all the stuff that I really believe in, and it all comes together in that one kind of day and the build up to it's lovely, and yeah, I, I just love it.
0: Oh, it's really lovely. I mean, we've got a lot to chat about, especially with Love Actually, of course. But how, how has your year been? How, how you know how have you found it generally? I mean, for some it's been quite challenging, but for others it's been an opportunity to spend more time with family. What's what's it been yeah, like for you?
2: I think a bit of both, if I'm honest. I think that there's been times it's been really challenging. I mean, myself and my husband spend a lot of time together anyway um, mm. because he records in an outbuilding at our house and um, he also co-manages me. And so we're together a lot and... It was hard because we had our little boy at home. We were trying to do homeschooling. We were trying to still juggle our careers. And um, luckily for me, I don't just do the music, but people more than ever seem to need entertainment and need to find a way to get resourceful with entertainment. So I've been really busy. And I think people just want cosy, comfort, familiar faces, um... And luckily for me, I've been really lucky with that. But it has been hard juggling it all with my little one at at home so much um, and needing me and I have to be teacher and and actress and singer and wife. And, you know, I've never loaded the dishwasher so many times. I'm just like... (sighs) (laughs) We're the same. We go through so
1: many cups and glasses. I'm like why can't we just use the same one? We just can't get it into our head. It's like eternal loading and unloading. Yeah,
2: and I've just like, I said to Jack, my husband, I went, this is like, I'm not built for this. I'm not a domesticated <laughs> goddess. Like I'm a showgirl and I, I can't cope with all, I'm, I'm becoming Martha Stewart. What is going on? <laughs> and uh he was just like, Yeah, not quite love. Don't don't give yourself that much of a flatter <laughs> flattery. I'm not that good at it, but no, it's um yeah, it's just been swings and roundabouts. I've had times where I've been really like, Oh, is this ever gonna end and it's got me a bit down mm-hmm. and then the next day I've kind of like loved having the time to just connect with people and friends and loved ones that you balance Yeah. I mean, to- talking of
0: a hubby, I mean Great head of hair, by the way. As a man who's politics <laughs> challenge, quite jealous we of that. We were
2: laughing about it. Did you see my Instagram post? Did you see how big his hair was? It's almost like, you know, you get used to that kind of nook and cranny in your living room that you just never really see anymore. And it's like, well, me and the family and the friends, we just got used to his hair and it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's just got a mind of its own. It needs its own passport or something. It's just ridiculous. No, he work,
0: he's working, he's working it. Um, we've got a few features coming up, but this is the Plot Twist podcast. Obviously, lots of people know you from TV and film. Looking specifically at your career, uh, what would be a Plot Twist moment that might stand out for you? There was, you know, where your narrative did change, perhaps. Something happened
1: unexpectedly.
2: I think, for me, it would definitely be when Richard Curtis wrote the part of of Natalie for me. I think that it took me from Mm. TV and stage actress to movie actress and put me in a sphere of of these people that I just looked up to. And for me, I'd always wanted to... um, I don't know, I loved the escapism of the industry and I loved the inspirational side of things and EastEnders, as much as I loved it, it was kind of really close to home for me and I was so grateful for the job But and it paid the bills, but it was very like what I grew up with mm. and so it, I was kind of like, oh, I'm wearing a dodgy old cardigan and <laughs> I'm a barmaid, this wasn't <laughs> what I wanted to get into the industry Good for. Good um, And so I think for me, knowing that Richard had seen me in My Fair Lady and watched my pop career and... EastEnders, all those steps, that kind of like serendipity, kind of moment where it all comes together, mm. and you know you realise he wrote this part for for you, like you didn't even know he knew you existed. And I was such a massive fan. I was been in love with Hugh Grant since I first saw him in, on screen. Um, have Yeah, and I made no <laughs> bones about it. Like you know, I, I was just like when I saw him, just trying to play it down. But it, he, yeah, he was just my my crush, my. Idol as an actor, romantic comedy was what I always wanted to do. So that was definitely that moment for me, definitely. And when did, you first, when did you first meet
1: Hugh Grant as part of the process? Did you do sort of a chemistry read with him or was it first day on set? Like, how did
2: that work? So we were going to do a rehearsal in Notting Hill where um, the rehearsal studios for Richard are, are based. And I remember I had a meeting at the Lanesborough Hotel beforehand for work. And I just, all of a sudden, just had this panic attack. And I called him and I just said, I just, I don't know if I'm the girl for this. You know, you need a known movie star to be the romantic lead opposite Hugh Grant. As much as I would love it, I am so nervous. And I just don't think I'm going to be able to hold my own on the big screen. It's just a whole new beast. I just don't think I can do Quite it. Quite daunting. It's so daunting. And, and I just the fear, just the fear came. And, um, and he just said, oh, don't be ridiculous. That's when he told me, he went, don't be ridiculous, called me teeny, don't be ridiculous, teeny. Hugh loves you, he's seen everything you've done and we wrote the part for you. And last minute we had to change the script from Martine to Natalie, which was my wife's cousin, um, that last minute says that you didn't get a big head and think that, you know, it was all yours, no matter what. And I thought, oh, my <laughs> God, I'd never have thought that. Um, and so I went to go and meet Hugh on the first day of, of rehearsals and he was just dashing and just had this sort of, way about him from the minute I walked in and I was kind of like (laughs) Um, I'd have been blushing and yeah I I. I, I really was just thinking just be professional just be professional I know you're completely in love with him but be professional and um and I just tried very hard to be a complete pro Um, but my knees nearly did buckle when he said we need to rehearse the kissing scene I was just like
1: (gasps) (laughs) were you were you like should we rehearse it again yeah and again or should we go one more time
2: filming I did keep making a mistake so she says. Yeah, wink. Um, yeah. um, yeah. yeah, I, like, I think we need yeah. to do that again. I think I could feel that a bit more, you know. Um, Give it a bit more, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, um, but we just, we got on so well. And that chemistry that we had on screen was real because mm. we're so different. You know, we're from such different backgrounds. But at the heart of it all, you know, we believe in trying to make that kind of accessible allowable magic you know um Mm. and he believes passionately about what he does he still gets really nervous and cares deeply about everything he does and um he works really hard and second guesses himself and I just remember thinking oh you know it's okay to be human it's okay to care so much that you doubt yourself it's because you care and um Mm. and he said to me the day that you stopped you know, being nervous, or the day you stop caring, it's, it's kind of over, you know, because that's when it all goes a bit flat. And he was really protective of me. He made sure that my lighting was beautiful, that I hit the right marks, that um, I shone in the movie as much as I possibly could. He was so, so gracious. And, um, and we still speak occasionally now. And I, he was recently oh, wow. awarded, a oh, couple of lovely. years ago, he was awarded with this, like, Achievement Award. And um, he asked me and Bill Nye to go. And it was just lovely. It was so lovely.
0: That was really lovely to hear that. Oh,
2: amazing. And my husband laughs. He's like, you're still a bit in love with him, aren't you? I'm like, yeah. And he went, I'll let you have that. Like, it's you, Grant. Yeah, for yeah. the got. people.
0: Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? Yeah. <laughs> and we've got some more questions around love, actually. But we'll come to it and we've got a bit of a debate. I'm not going to lie. I need your help on this, Martin. Okay. But, um, I thought we'd uh, throw some some random questions. We've got this random question generator that Fran likes to do. The big but important unimportant life questions.
1: Go on then. Yeah, so Tom and I always get into a real like rabbit hole of debating things that are definitely not important, but we feel really like we need to have a good back and forth yeah. on. So we like to ask, I guess, something that maybe they've just not been asked before. So we've got a few um, that we thought we'd throw your way. Well, I've been so in the, the industry
2: first... since I was 10 years old, so bring it on. Oh, OK, so here we oh, go. So question on number now. one.
1: Uh, if time wasn't an issue and you had forever to master a skill, what skill would you try and master?
2: If time wasn't an issue and I could, yeah, I'd probably say I'd like to be an architect.
1: Oh, that's Ooh. different.
2: I'd like to be an architect. That's I love, I one. love, I love beautiful buildings. I love Grade Two listed buildings. I love the history. I love um, being able to recreate that. And there are so many bad. Versions of things, I love it when somebody does something really authentically and and sympathetically and yeah I, I would I would love to be into you know architecture and can you know even the interior design with it, just that whole must be such satisfaction oh, to well. see
1: yeah build Creativity. that building and complete a great it. answer.
2: I think so that's oh, like great
1: that. answer we had quite standard ones, didn't we, Tom? I mean, I had speaking a different language because I always just think i'd love to just travel to another country and just be able to just switch and fluently communicate with people Anna, and that and Tom. And piano. yeah. Just say that for another time. Yeah. Yeah, Tom's was
0: piano. I just thought there's a bit of a classy edge to it. I could do a bit of booble on the piano. There
2: we go. 100%. Listen, you can have my husband round at your house. He's constantly tinkling on the ivories and <laughs> musicians. They just yeah, never Tom, stop. Tom will
1: take you up on that offer.
0: I oh, generally <laughs> would. I <A> generally <laughs> would.
1: <laughs> OK, so the next question is, would you say that you typically follow your heart or your head?
2: I would say my heart. And I've had to learn to think more with my head. I'm a really emotional, passionate person. I think that's part of why I'm good at what I do. I think that it takes a certain mm. person to be able to cry on action and, and laugh on action and be able to tap into all of those emotions so quickly. But I also think that you need to preserve yourself and protect yourself in certain ways. And I also think that, yeah, it's, it's not always the best place to make decisions from. It's kind of good to follow your gut, but not always your emotions and your heart.
1: Has there been one sort of standout moment where you felt you've learned that?
2: No, loads. Mm. Loads and loads and loads so many times where uh, actually I think that even though I say that, I think when i followed my heart, it's normally been the right decision, Um, but Mm. it's just backing it up with the knowledge and backing it up and looking at it from an intelligent point of view as well as leading with the heart. I think that that sort of blend of both is normally best for me anyway.
0: No, I'm completely with you on that.
1: Yeah, I always think I'm very much like I like to think that it's head... But it's definitely always hot. <laughs> you like to like keep I feel everything very deeply. I I cry at adverts, so I think Sam head driven yeah. is um no. would be a complete lie. Um, and Tom, why don't you pick the final one?
0: Yeah, uh, I, I'm gonna pick. If you could meet anyone from the past that you haven't already met, who might that be and why?
2: I think probably Marilyn Monroe. I think that she was. Uh um so luminous i think she's kind of the most phenomenal she for me she is movie star when you say movie star it's oh, her yeah, um, there's yeah. something about her that even when she's on screen she she's so luminous that you want to touch her and um mm. she's vulnerable but sexy she's intelligent but she plays it down and as years have gone on you know the conspiracies and the things that have been said about her she's just you know, a never-ending pot of mystery. Goodness. Yeah, a mystery. Mm. You know, she was so much more than people made her out to be, and um, and I've been fascinated about you know about her since I was about four, or five years old. I just was like, oh, who's that? And my mum said you were always really intrigued by her. So I think I'd love to meet her and find out about her take on on the business and the reality of it all.
0: Mm. I mean, Incredible, I she died that. in what, 1962 or something? Yeah, 1962, August 5th,
2: 1962. Incredible. Not that I'm a big fan or anything.
1: <laughs> also, I love that Tom just whipped that date off the top of his
2: head. <laughs> <laughs> also, I love that. I think that I I was
1: not that. even the that. 60s, 62. I yeah. knew it,
0: I knew it, there we go. That's the
1: guy you want for a pub quiz. <laughs> yeah,
2: definitely, let's sort it.
0: <laughs> for the TV and entertainment round, definitely. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fran, you, you said Sigmund Freud. I mean...
2: you <laughs> chose. I know it was
1: a bit of a random one, but I did psychology as my degree, and I just I'm I love human behaviour yeah. and trying to understand people. Yeah. And I just thought, what an interesting guy to get yeah. in a room and just be like, tell me everything, enlighten me. Like, although some of his theories were a bit controversial, but I just think really interesting. I just think he'd be good to have a good chin wag with.
2: Was Emma Freud, who was mm. married to Richard Curtis, was she? I think she was related to him, wasn't she?
0: Oh, that's oh, a bit I of don't trivia. Know. We we'll we'll have, have, we'll have
2: to find that out. Uh, we have to find that out. Mine
0: was Muhammad Ali because he's my hero. So amazing! Me, we'll course, amazing! I that. think they're
2: both. I think that would be a really good dinner party.
0: Oh, what! Yeah, we'll invite
1: them all round together. Yeah. Yeah. That would be yeah, what the a ghosts,
2: mix! The ghosts <laughs> of them all:
0: <laughs> Ali, Munro, Tom, and Martin. Fantastic!
2: Fabulous! Um,
0: <laughs> right, let's let's talk about love. Actually, then we got a we've got a few questions on this, and I did allude to this debate when we were testing for the podcast. Uh, this was, I think, about this time last year, wasn't it, Fran? We yeah. we were doing a bit of audio testing, just see how we get on, see if you know, see if we, you know if we are pals. Could we could we translate that to a podcast? <laughs> we then got into a massive debate about Love Actually and Juliet and Mark. Should she have kissed him? And I said yes, it was fine because it wasn't that long of a kiss. You know, he he adored her, he loved her, and it was fine for how long it was. What's your just to, take? sorry?
1: Just to remind people of the scene, so she's at home with her husband, and her husband's. Best friend turns up at the door and confesses his love. Okay, I mean, that's a bit, that's a bit, some might say, awkward in itself. You know, how do you respond to that? How do you make it clear, you know, where you stand? He walks off and she runs after him. She could have, she could have hugged him. She could have kissed him on the cheek. She kisses him on the lips for quite a substantial amount of time. It's about
0: a second and a half round.
1: And I just think, has she given him the wrong impression there? Has she given him the right. I just don't think I'd have gone, I'd have gone in for the lips. So we're, we're quite on two sides of the fence on this. So we felt, of all the people to settle the big debate. You, Martin, are the person who's going to settle it. So, what's what's your view?
2: My oh, view is that after all he's gone through, and after being so madly in love, and it being so inappropriate, and all the angst he's been through <laughs> for all of that, I think he deserved a kiss for a second and a half.
0: Thank you. Yes, I
2: oh. do. I do. And also, like she susses it all when she sees the videos and that they're all of her and close-ups of her, and he's she's kind of like digested it all. And and then when he comes, he does the whole card thing. I think that. She just realises, in a way, how selfless he's been, you know, how he doesn't want to muck it all up. He didn't want to kind of set the mark, but he also just had to say, look, this is it. I've got to end this chapter for everybody's sake because I love you all more than my feelings for you. You know, they come first. Time to turn that page over. I've got to move on. And I think she kisses him just to say thank you, like, for... For being so selfless. I just think maybe
1: two weeks later he sat on his sofa thinking, "I'm still in love with her, and I really enjoyed that kiss. So maybe there is a chance. I don't know, but no, what you know, knows, I'll take, I'll take, no, I'll knows. take the hit there, and I'll
0: Mart- continue." Martin, I, I just personally, I just want to say thank you for that. <laughs> I really, really enjoyed That's that. Genuinely that
2: was, That's genuinely what I think. I'm not taking size, That's genuinely what I think. I do think people are
1: so invested in the different stories of love, actually, though, even that story. So I I love to, before we interview um, one of our guests, have a little look on social media for some sort of tweets or some memes that go around. And this one about that scene, I thought it was worth reading. So someone has said, you know, it's the festive season when once again I find myself thinking about what Andrew Lincoln would have done if Kira Knightley's husband had opened the door instead. You know, people are also playing out these alternative realities of the characters. I thought we're just so invested, but it's um, <laughs> his best
0: mate. What <laughs> do you happening?
2: I think he knew she, that he was a bit in love with her. Yeah, yeah. You, I can, agree. you know, you know your friends, you know everything, and you know you just have to try and like ride those waves with things. And, you know, like it's like, you know, when someone's a little bit jealous, they don't want to be, they love you, but you're happy and you've moved on and they haven't, or vice versa. And you kind of just, yeah. you know, when you really love each other as friends, you ride certain things out. I mean, I'm not saying that he sat and thought about it deeply, but I think he probably thought, there was odd moments where he looked at it and probably thought, you think my other half's gorgeous, don't you? You know what, <laughs> what I
1: mean? So aside, so obviously we've talked about all the the smaller sort of stories of love that are in love, actually. Aside from your own storyline um which was your favorite as a watcher of the film your favorite love story
2: I think I don't know about love story but I think that my favorite storyline was Emma Thompson I just think for me she is just such a powerful and brilliant actress and that moment where she realizes the necklace isn't for her I break my heart I break I my know. heart. I can't ever watch my own bits, but if it just happens, it, whenever I see that film, it seems to be when it comes on that it's her straightening the bed and trying to put it yeah. together with Joni Mitchell in the background. And I'm just like, oh my God. And she I just tries to stay every dignified. Year. Yeah, yeah. And I just sort of think, and even how brilliantly she plays it right at the end at the airport where you know that they'll never be the same again. That that's a different another kind of love, because obviously love actually is about all different kinds of love and how love can flourish, but love can also be tainted and it can stay with you that way forever and you can see that they'll never be the same again.
1: Yeah, I I definitely agree. I like that that scene when she's in the bedroom. I know it's coming every year. And every year I'm like, this year I'm not gonna cry at it because I know know. what's coming. And And every every year. Every time you see something, every time you
2: see something a little bit different. And you know, her like exhaling and Trying to like, bless her, like trying to keep it together by straightening the bed, like that's going to fix everything, you know? And mm. it's just so real and so, so brilliant.
0: Oh, she's brilliant. So,
1: back to a great meme I found that also summarized that up, and it will be the final one, don't worry. Oh, this is is good. the years may still tick by, and I believe it's 17 years actually this week the film was released. Oh, no. yeah. Found that little gem online. I know. Wow, wow. So this meme says, the years may still tick by, but I am absolutely furious still at Alan Rickman for buying that office tartar necklace and breaking Emma Thompson's heart.
2: <laughs> Me, too. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Me <laughs> too. Oh, gosh. Oh. Anyway, a silly, silly sod. He's a silly sod. He's a he silly is a silly
0: sod. sod. There's no, yeah, no <laughs> question about that. Well, you've mentioned about the audition process and obviously how nerve-wracking that would be, but... Once you had sort of commenced the filming, did you have any idea, obviously you had a, a huge cast, incredible talent, but did you have any idea just how big it would become and that, you know, 17 years later we are still debating it?
2: I don't think any of us did. I think that, you know, even, even you know, your Hugh Grant's and... Emma, everybody they knew that it was a huge cast and it was a beautiful script but sometimes when there are loads of big stars in a movie it doesn't work there's just too much to take in and the storyline gets watered down because there's too many big stars and it doesn't always work and i think that the fact that we all knew it was lovely but we didn't think it would become this timeless classic I don't think any of us did. I think we were just in the moment, really excited to be doing this lovely story. And at the time, there was a kind of, you know, um, like now, you know, a lot of negative stuff going on and love kind of wasn't really a cool thing to discuss or talk about. I remember in the press junkets all over Europe, you know, they were kind of like trying to belittle the storyline and the film and romantic comedy and how fluffy these films can be. And I remember Richard Curtis just saying like, name one of you in this room that doesn't have love in common you know whether Mm. you've you've wanted it you've lost it you yearn for it you've got it whatever it may be your struggles with it it's one of the few things that we all have in common in some way and so for me if if being cool is not involving love I don't want it you know I really want to touch people and connect with people and um and he said it far better than me but he just you know kind of did this little speech that was just amazing and even the kind of most cynical of journalists just sort of sat there and were like oh yeah <laughs> um, it's true. yeah and so um we didn't i don't think we knew how how massive it would be but i think it's amazing that it is and i think that um we need we need it we really need it
1: i think it's just got it like you say it's got a type of love that regardless of your situation you can relate to in in one or many of the characters which i think is what people
2: really yeah. enjoys that think, they can guys, find and I think, guys, I think that a lot of men that I've spoken to, like your real alpha males, they love it, you know, they love it because there's a mm. humour and, um, you know, if something that's a bit too gushy or makes them feel a bit too emotional, they kind of don't like it, but you've got... It's not long for that before you then you've got a really funny bit um, yeah. or a bit that you shouldn't laugh at, but you do. Um, yeah. You know, the, the porno extras, for starters, chuck that in there. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, there is, there really is it's like something that everybody kind of just connects with and laughs with and and I think it's I just think it's such a special film like I still can't believe I was in it I still pinch myself
1: and with Natalie the character that you played what was your favorite part about playing her
2: I think the thing that I loved most about her was her innocence in such a um, uninnocent industry and an uninnocent world of politics and mm. she was just so authentically herself and, She's one of us, isn't she? Yeah, and she was just this normal girl in a really crazy world and she couldn't choose who she fell in love with and neither could the Prime Minister and how even in that situation, you know, love is powerful and, and you know, you can't choose who you fall in love with and I just loved her genuine, you know, a genuine authenticity. She was just her, good, bad or ugly, you know?
1: Yeah, I think she's a very relatable character. Yeah, to a but lot of you know, people. but
2: but in Downing Street, you know, you don't. I, yeah, I imagine know. you get many characters like that, and I just love that she was like a breath of fresh air. Um, yeah. As a character to play, because everybody else was very starchy and very, you know, again thinking with their heads, not their hearts, and she was very like, boom, you know, I'm going to please him, in. but I'm going to bugger right this up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I love it.
1: Do you think if you were uh, sort of filming now, we say it was sort of 17 years ago. Is yeah. there anything
2: you'd change about how you played Natalie? No, I think I think because, you know, by changing that I'd have changed Richard's vision. And mm. he kind of had this continuity throughout the whole thing. And he was our anchor for the whole thing because he'd written it. It was his directing debut. Um, there's a bit where I didn't realise he was filming me. I thought he was on Hugh. And he said, I say, oh, you know, did you see what I just said? I just went, blah. And I was just improvising. And they actually used that in the film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he yeah. just said, you know, again, that was, that was so Natalie. That was such a Natalie thing to do. Um, kind of inappropriate, yeah. but just unbelievably sweet. And um, so, yeah, it worked. It was great. And he's not, like, precious. Like, he just wants to make whatever is best for the story, you know?
0: Oh, it's incredible! It's such a classic. Uh, now we hear you're fronting a uh, campaign for Now TV, inspired by Love. Actually, what what can you tell us about that? Any?
2: Yeah. So basically, Now TV are kind of letting us know they've got some amazing films on that you can watch. It's including Love, actually um and just actually. all the most amazing actually uh, the most amazing uh, christmas classics and um we've got kind of a campaign going on where people actually do turn up at loved ones doors for you sending them a message with the whiteboards and i think again more than ever people just want to have something special that personal contact as much as they can within reason with all the rules and regulations but it just seemed like the perfect fit for me to get involved especially with everything that's going on.
0: And like you said, we need that message right now, don't we?
2: Yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. You know, it's, it can be a lonely time. You know, there are some people that are completely alone and aren't living with anybody. And, um, you know, I'm excited when the postman knocks on the door and I live with my husband and son and two dogs. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, um, so, yeah, I think I think it's a really lovely idea. I think it's really sweet and uh, refreshing and I think we really need a tonic at the moment and I think that between the lovely movies we can watch and this campaign of people knocking on your door with a lovely message for you, it's perfect. It's perfect. Oh,
0: I love that. Good
1: for I you. Do, I do wonder how many people over the years have been inspired by that scene and have done declarations of love.
2: Well, I know because obviously boards. I get loads of people getting in touch with me saying, I've asked her to marry me with the cars or oh. you know luckily no one said I'm leaving her with the cars <laughs> <laughs> delivering terrible news <laughs> no luckily it's, it's, always to to been, it's always been you know amazing but I've had so many people you know get in touch and and say that's how they've done it or that's how they're going to ask someone to marry them or they're they're announcing oh. that they've got a baby or whatever so I think millions of people I really do, like across the world, I'm saying, not just in England. Yeah, of course.
1: Gives you a nice, warm, fuzzy feeling, doesn't it, to think of all those people declaring their love?
2: Yeah, I just just sort of think, you know, Richard Curtis is just a genius, absolute genius, and he has got so much heart to be able to write that stuff, and when you meet him, he's just the loveliest, cuddliest teddy bear ever. He's so lovely and so humble, and yet all this stuff just comes from him. It's amazing Ah. how brilliant human beings can be.
1: It is, it is. And look, so we've got another plot twist question for you. So a bit of a change of tap from uh, Love Actually. So can you tell us if there's anything that your fans or people who've seen you in in any of your work might be surprised to know about you? So a plot twist about you as a person.
2: About me as a person? Mm, There's probably lots because you know what it's like when you're known as something in the press, there are like a few things that people link you with. Mm. And I think the fact that people, you know, don't know that I I love art, I love architecture, I love floral arranging, I love, you know, so many different things. I just think that um, you get given these labels when you've been in the industry for a long time and obviously Mm. you're complex, you're human and there's loads Mm. of different, loads of different facets to you. And I wouldn't know where to begin with that one because... There's so much more than people realise.
0: No, I like that. I like I feel that. like the
1: architecture piece
2: like <laughs> kicked that box
0: yeah, as well, didn't it? Like I was brutal. quite surprised
1: by that. I really yeah, enjoyed I it. I like
0: that. I like that. I one. really enjoyed it. Just just quickly before we ask one more plot twist question, I'm conscious of time, but yeah. you came into the entertainment industry with EastEnders and of course your music career at a very young age. How, how's that been for you, sort of growing up in the spotlight up until this point?
2: Well, my first ever TV job was with Barbara Windsor actually when I was eleven.
0: Oh, and it babs. was for a
2: BBC TV show um, called Bluebirds, And I met her and had seen her, obviously, in all the movies, uh, the carry-on movies. And she was just amazing. And I didn't think she'd remember me when I did EastEnders, um, but she did. And she kind of really gave me some great advice, um, kind of taught me that, you know, it's important to take what you do seriously, but you have to have a big sense of humour and laugh at yourself. And that... to. Kind of, if you can, as much as you can, even though we're all sensitive, a lot of us actors, you have to be able to pull back a little bit because people's judgments and, and talking about you, it's not actually about you, it's just all projection. You're kind of just like the canvas and they're just chucking on whatever they want to chuck on um, because it makes them feel better or makes them feel connected, whatever. And she said that to me when I was 18 years old, and it was one of the best bits of advice. Um, that mm-hmm. i that i ever got and um, it wasn't always easy to follow but she was just amazing and she'd make us all laugh at ourselves in the EastEnders days um, but growing up in the public eye it's yeah it's not easy because you 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 are you're kind of evolving as a human being you don't know who you are or what you want and you're kind mm. of everybody wants you to have all the answers and to know everything and you when you really don't know and you haven't got a clue um, but I just kind of try to take a day at a time and laugh, and just try not to let try not to let anybody flatten my dreams, and just just keep going for it. Just brush myself down and carry on as much as I could.
0: Even with the mask on in the supermarket, you can't get away. With <laughs> it,
2: can. <laughs> I know, but do you know what? I'm so grateful for it because the day that stops happening, the day my career is over, and I love what I do so much, it's in it's in my DNA, and I've always felt like since I was a little kid that my little purpose in this life was to just spread a bit of magic, be it through songs or stage or film, whatever it may be, and help people escape off of their of their real problems, serious problems, and help give them that little bit of, mm. whether it's a song for five minutes or a movie for however long, that's what my purpose is. And, um, and the fact that I'm still able to do that, you know, all these years later, it's not easy to, to stay in this industry, and it's really disposable now more than ever, so I'm so yeah. grateful mm. that... I'm still here. <laughs> I sound like I'm 80. <laughs> but no, when you start when you're that young, you, you know, you've been in it for decades.
0: That's incredible. That's credit to you. Um, let's do one more plot twist question for you. This is more on the okay. unexpected force. So um, somebody behind the scenes who's been an inspiration for you. Is there somebody that would spring to mind that perhaps wouldn't be an obvious yeah, example? Yeah, he's sitting
2: here actually. It's my my makeup artist, Gary Cockrell. Um, oh, and, I love that. And he has worked with everybody through all the different phases of the media and the industry, and he's always made me. Um, when you can doubt yourself and when there's you know lots of negativity or people trying to tear you down especially the British press or whatever he's always kind of made me feel special and made me feel like I'm doing the right thing and that I have got something to offer and um, we've gone through so much together like he first did my makeup like about 20 years ago And, and I've shared loads of my secrets with him he's seen you know, my relationships come and go and my friends come and go and he's been the, the constant in my life and I adore him and love him. And yeah, yeah, definitely him. That's a lovely
0: personal touch. And I mean, yeah. if you want to hook me up as well, just so I can get a bit of a touch up, you know. Yeah, just, yeah, he's free, brilliant, honestly.
2: <laughs> honestly, he's amazing.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that one. Well, Martine, thank you so much for being on Plot Twist. We've, oh, thank this you has been a great so way much. to spend the last thank afternoon.
2: Thank you, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. You guys are fun, so much fun.
0: Oh, brilliant! Oh, I hope you have a great you. Christmas.
2: You too. Have a best, best Christmas.
1: Before <laughs> you go, I should just quickly tell you someone has dropped in the chat that Emma Freud was in fact the great granddaughter of Sigmund Freud. Wow!
2: There we go. There we go. What a bit of we You go. guys would be
1: a great pub quiz team. I'm not gonna lie, I'd add nothing, um, but you two would be amazing.
2: <laughs> you, no, you would. You would. The fact that you'd want him at your dinner party, you're far more intelligent than us two. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh i love that Um, That thank you so
2: much thank you so much guys
0: oh what a fun way to spend an afternoon in the lead up to christmas
1: i know it really just warmed my heart speaking to her and i love that she also has embraced christmas early yes that was a victory for me
0: Mm, yeah, well, I I love Martine because she sided with me and because she's lovely. So so it's really
1: one or one for you and one for me. Mm. I love how you uh,
0: you purposely went in on the kissing Hugh Grant, asking all the details <laughs> there.
1: <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I went into it. That was my main question. I was like, come on, talk to me about snogging
0: Hugh.
1: <laughs> and she gave, oh,
0: me the, she
1: gave me. the my down and I loved
0: it. Uh, and what a dinner party. You've got Muhammad Ali, Marilyn Monroe and me and uh, Martine. You and Freud can sit in the <laughs> corner somewhere else. I don't know what <laughs> that's been all about. thankful
1: for social distancing me and Freud just a couple yeah. of tables away. Yeah, I know that was a bit of a rogue answer but you know you put me on the spot of who my person would be and that was strangely the first one that came into my head. I don't know who that says a lot about well but it mm, says a lot about me that's...
0: doesn't it it really does it really does <laughs> i thought her plot twist uh person answer was lovely though her makeup artist that was quite sweet after all these years
1: yeah and it's just clear isn't it like with a lot of people we speak to it's all about having that close-knit circuit of people around you that you trust and have been with you through your career from the beginning so yeah all in all i just thought it was lovely and, and heartwarming i was gonna say it warmed the cockles but i just don't know if that is that a christmas <laughs> phrase <laughs> i don't think sure. it is. <laughs>
0: Or maybe the chestnuts on the fire.
1: Chestnuts for roasting, for sure.
0: <laughs> one thing I haven't actually asked you is: what is your favourite love scene, or not love scene, but love story from Love Actually?
1: Oh, my favourite one. You've actually. <laughs> Sorry,
0: one. I, I'm laughing because I said love scene. I'm just picturing Martin Freeman and Joanna Page simulating sex at the beginning of the film. <laughs> oh dear! What a shocker, Tom.
1: I think for me, my actual favourite sort of relationship that forms throughout Love Actually is Liam Neeson and his son, well, his stepson. I just think it's such a beautiful development of like a really amazing relationship that's born out of like a really sort of sad beginning. And I just love seeing that progress and come to a really nice sort of happy, heartwarming conclusion. But the Emma, honestly, I love that we touched on with Martine, the Emma Thompson scene, because that breaks my heart every single year that I watch it. I don't think it ever will not break my heart.
0: Uh, going back to the plot twist theme, Marty McCutcheon wanting to be an architect, wouldn't have uh,
1: Honestly, seen that coming. of all That's the questions and answers that we've had, that genuinely it's up took me aback a bit. Because we talked about, hadn't we, the ones that, the skills we would want to develop. So we were like a language, quite obvious, like playing the piano, quite obvious. Never did I think she was going to tell us she wanted to be an architect.
0: Yeah, I like that. A bit different. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it, it really transpired almost to be her plot twist answer of something unexpected people wouldn't know about you.
0: I'd say yours was quite boring, actually. A bit standard. Mine was really language. boring, yeah,
1: which on. is quite rare for me.
0: Anyway, should we talk about next week? Let's. So, expect explosions with the new series of Tin Star, the final series, Tin Star Liverpool, season three. And we've got Abigail Laurie, who plays Anna worth And we are looking forward to this one.
1: Yeah, so I'm willing to put Christmas aside for next week and get back to a bit more of the nitty-gritty
0: great drama series that are out there. Oh, it's a blast, this one. So we'll see you next week.